O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Thursday, May 13th. Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the biblical calendar, the Sabbath, the feasts, and the Torah reading cycle. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there, but there is nothing like listening to the crystal clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit. As it is written in Romans 10:17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken Word of God, it is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 The Word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures, and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Bamidbar, and it means in the wilderness. Numbers 3, 1-32 This is the line of Aaron and Moses at the time that Hashem spoke with Moses on Mount Sinai. These were the names of Aaron's sons, Nadab the firstborn, and Abihu, Eleazar, and Edomar. Those were the names of Aaron's sons, the anointed Kohanim who were ordained for priesthood. But Nadab and Abihu died by the will of Hashem when they offered alien fire before Hashem in the wilderness of Sinai, and they left no sons. So it was Eleazar and Itamar who served as Kohanim in the lifetime of their father Aaron. Hashem spoke to Moses, saying, Advance the tribe of Levi and place them in attendance upon Aaron the Kohen to serve him. They shall perform duties for him and for the whole community before the tent of meeting, doing the work of the Mishkan. They shall take charge of all the furnishings of the tent of meeting, a duty on behalf of the Israelites, doing the work of the Mishkan. You shall assign the Leviim to Aaron and to his sons. They are formally assigned to him from among the Israelites. You shall make Aaron and his sons responsible for observing their priestly duties, and any outsider who encroaches shall be put to death. Hashem spoke to Moses, saying, I hereby take the Leviim from among the Israelites in place of all the firstborn, the first issue of the womb among the Israelites. The Leviim shall be mine. 
For every firstborn is mine. At the time that I smote every firstborn in the land of Egypt, I consecrated every firstborn in Israel, man and beast, to myself, to be mine, Hashem's. Hashem spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, saying, Record the Leviim by ancestral house and by clan. Record every male among them from the age of one month up. So Moses recorded them at the command of Hashem as he was bidden. These were the sons of Levi by name, Gershon, Kehat, and Merari. These were the names of the sons of Gershon by clan, Libni and Shimei. The sons of Kehat by clan, Amram and Ishar, Shevron and Uziel. The sons of Merari by clan, Mali and Mushi. These were the clans of the Leviim within their ancestral houses. To Gershon belonged the clan of the Libnites and the clan of the Shemites. Those were the clans of the Gershonites. The recorded entries of all their males from the age of one month up, as recorded, came to 7,500. The clans of the Gershonites were to camp behind the Mishkan to the west. The chieftain of the ancestral house of the Gershonites was Eli Saba, son of Lael. The duties of the Gershonites in the tent of meeting comprised the Mishkan, the tent, its covering, and the screen for the entrance of the tent of meeting, the hangings of the enclosure, the screen for the entrance of the enclosure which surrounds the Mishkan, the cords thereof, and the mitzbayah, the altar, all the service connected with these. To Kihat belonged the clan of the Amramites, the clan of the Isharites, the clan of the Shevronites, and the clan of the Uzielites. Those were the clans of the Kohathites. All the listed males from the age of one month up came to 8,600 attending to the duties of the sanctuary. The clans of the Kohathites were to camp along the south side of the Mishkan. The chieftain of the ancestral house of the Kohathite clans was Elisaphan, son of Uziel. Their duties comprised the ark, the table, the menorah, the mitzbayot, and the sacred utensils that were used with them, and the screen, all the service connected with these. The head chieftain of the Leviim was Eleazar, son of Aaron the Kohen, in charge of those attending to the duties of the sanctuary. First Samuel 14, 1-52 One day Jonathan, son of Saul, said to the attendant who carried his arms, Come, Let us cross over to the Philistine garrison on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Now Saul was staying on the outskirts of Giva under the pomegranate tree at Migron, and the troops with him numbered about six hundred. Achia, son of Akituv, brother of Ichabod, son of Pinchas, son of Eli, the Kohen of Hashem at Shiloh, was there bearing an ephod. The troops did not know that Jonathan had gone. At the crossing by which Jonathan sought to reach the Philistine garrison, there was a rocky crag on one side and another rocky crag on the other, 
the one called Bozes and the other Senna. One crag was located on the north near Mikmas and the other on the south near Giba. Jonathan said to the attendant who carried his arms, Come, let us cross over to the outpost of those uncircumcised fellows. Perhaps Hashem will act in our behalf, for nothing prevents Hashem from winning a victory by many or by few. His arms bearer answered him, Do whatever you like. You go first, I am with you, whatever you decide. Jonathan said, We'll cross over to those men and let them see us. If they say to us, Wait until we get to you, then we'll stay where we are and not go up to them. But if they say, Come up to us, then we will go up, for Hashem is delivering them into our hands. That shall be our sign. They both showed themselves to the Philistine outpost, and the Philistine said, Look, some Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they have been hiding. The men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his arms bearer, Come up to us and we'll teach you a lesson. Then Jonathan said to his arms bearer, Follow me, for Hashem will deliver them into the hands of Israel. And Jonathan clambered up on his hands and feet, his arms bearer behind them. The Philistines fell before Jonathan, and his arms bearer finished them off behind them. The initial attack that Jonathan and his arms bearer made accounted for some twenty men within a space about half a furlong, an acre of land. Terror broke out among all the troops, both in the camp and in the field. The outposts and the raiders were also terrified. The very earth quaked, and a terror from Hashem ensued. Saul's scouts in Giva of Benjamin saw that the multitude was scattering in all directions. And Saul said to the troops with him, Take account and see who has left us. They took account and found that Jonathan and his arms bearer were missing. Thereupon Saul said to Achaia, Bring the ark of Hashem here. For the ark of Hashem was at the time among the Israelites. But while Saul was speaking to the Kohen, the confusion in the Philistine camp kept increasing. And Saul said to the Kohen, Withdraw your hand. Saul and the troops with him assembled and rushed into battle. They found the Philistines in very great confusion. Every man's sword turned against his fellow. And the Hebrews who had previously sided with the Philistines, who had come up with them in the army from round about, they too joined the Israelites who were with Saul and Jonathan. When all the men of Israel who were hiding in the hill country of Ephraim heard that the Philistines were fleeing, they too pursued them in battle. Thus Hashem brought victory to Israel that day. The fighting passed beyond Beit Haven. The men of Israel were distressed that day, for Saul had laid an oath upon the troops. Cursed be the man who eats any food before night falls, and I take revenge on my enemies. So none of the troops ate anything. Everybody came to a stack of beehives where some honey had spilled on the ground. When the troops came to the beehives and found the flow of honey there, no one put his hand to his mouth, for the troops feared the oath. 
Jonathan, however, had not heard his father adjure the troops. So he put out the stick he had with him, dipped it into the beehive of honey, and brought his hand back to his mouth, and his eyes lit up. At this, one of the soldiers spoke up. Your father adjured the troops. Cursed be the man who eats anything this day. And so the troops are faint. Jonathan answered, My father has brought trouble on the people. See for yourselves how my eyes lit up when I tasted that bit of honey. If only the troops had eaten today of spoil captured from the enemy, the defeat of the Philistines would have been greater still. They struck down the Philistines that day from Michmas to Aijalon, and the troops were famished. The troops pounced on the spoil. They took the sheep and cows and calves and slaughtered them on the ground, and the troops ate with the blood. When it was reported to Saul that the troops were sinning against Hashem, eating with the blood, he said, You have acted faithlessly. Roll a large stone over to me today. And Saul ordered, Spread out among the troops, and tell them that everyone must bring me his ox or his sheep, and slaughter it here, and then eat. You must not sin against Hashem and eat with the blood. Every one of the troops brought his own ox with him that night and slaughtered it there. Thus Saul set up an altar to Hashem. It was the first altar he erected to Hashem. Saul said, Let us go down after the Philistines by night and plunder among them until the light of morning, and let us not leave a single survivor among them. Do whatever you please, they replied. But the Kohen said, Let us approach Hashem here. So Saul inquired of Hashem, Shall I go down after the Philistines? Will you deliver them into the hands of Israel? But this time he did not respond to him. Then Saul said, Come forward, all chief officers of the troops, and find out how this guilt was incurred today. For as Hashem lives, who brings victory to Israel, even if it was through my son Jonathan, he shall be put to death. Not one soldier answered him. And he said to all the Israelites, You stand on one side, and my son Jonathan and I shall stand on the other. The troops said to Saul, Do as you please. Saul then said to Hashem, the God of Israel, Show Thamim. Jonathan and Saul were indicated by Lot, and the troops were cleared. And Saul said, Cast the lots between my son and me. And Jonathan was indicated. Saul said to Jonathan, Tell me, what have you done? And Jonathan told him, I only tasted a bit of honey with the tip of the stick in my hand. I am ready to die. Saul said, Thus and more may Hashem do. You shall be put to death, Jonathan. But the troops said to Saul, Shall Jonathan die after bringing this great victory to Israel? Never. As Hashem lives, not a hair of his head shall fall to the ground, for he brought this day to pass with the help of Hashem. Thus the troops saved Jonathan, and he did not die. Saul broke off his pursuit of the Philistines, and the Philistines returned to their homes. After Saul had secured his kingship over Israel, he waged war on every side against all his enemies, against the Moabites, 
Ammonites, Edomites, the Philistines, and the kings of Zobah, and wherever he turned, he worsted them. He was triumphant, defeating the Amalekites and saving Israel from those who plundered it. Saul's sons were Jonathan, Ishvi, Malkashua, and the names of his two daughters were Merab, the older, and Michelle, the younger. The name of Saul's wife was Ahinoam, daughter of Ahimaaz, and the name of his army commander was Abner, son of Saul's uncle Ner. Kish, Saul's father, and Ner, Abner's father, were sons of Abiel. There was a bitter war against the Philistines all the days of Saul, and whenever Saul noticed any stalwart man or warrior, he would take him into his service. John 7, 31-53 Then they sought to take him, Yeshua, but no man laid hands on him, because his hour was not yet come. And many of the people believed on him and said, When Christ comes, will he do more miracles than these which this man has done? The Pharisees heard that the people murmured such things concerning him, and the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take him. Then said Yeshua to them, Yet a little while am I with you, and then I go to him that sent me. You shall seek me, and shall not find me, and where I am you cannot come. Then said the Jews among themselves, Where will he go that we shall not find him? Will he go to the dispersed among the Gentiles and teach the Gentiles? What manner of saying is this, that he said, You shall seek me, and shall not find me, and where I am, there you cannot come? In the last day, that great day of the feast, Yeshua stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spoke he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Yeshua was not yet glorified. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, said, Of a truth, this is the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Shall Christ come out of Galilee? Has not the scripture said that Yeshua comes of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem, where David was? So there was a division among the people because of him. And some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. Then came the officers to the chief priests and the Pharisees, and they said to him, Why have you not brought him? The officers answered, Never man spoke like this man. Then answered them the Pharisees, Are you deceived also? Have any of the rulers or of the Pharisees believed on him? But this people who knows not the Torah are cursed. Nicodemus said unto them, He that came to Yeshua by night, being one of them, Does our Torah judge any man before it hears him? and knows what he does? 
They answered and said to him, Are you also of Galilee? Search and look, for out of Galilee arises no prophet. And every man went unto his own house. Psalm 109, 1-31 Hold not your peace, O God of my praise, for the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful are opened against me. They have spoken against me with a lying tongue. They compassed me about also with words of hatred and fought against me without a cause. For my love they are my adversaries, but I give myself unto prayer, and they have rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. Set thou a wicked man over him, and let Satan stand at his right hand. When he shall be judged, let him be condemned. And let his prayer become sin. Let his days be few, and let another take his office. Let his children be fatherless, and his wife a widow. Let his children be continually vagabonds, and beg. Let them seek their bread also out of their desolate places. Let the extortioner catch all that he has, and let the stranger spoil his labor. And let there be none to extend mercy unto him, neither let there be any to favor his fatherless children. Let his posterity be cut off, and in the generation following, let their name be blotted out. Let the iniquity of his fathers be remembered with the Lord, and let not the sin of his mother be blotted out. Let them be before the Lord continually, that he may cut off the memory of them from the earth, because that he remembered not to show mercy, but persecuted the poor and needy man, that he might even slay the broken in heart. As he loved cursing, so let it come unto him. As he delighted not in blessing, so let it be far from him. As he clothed himself with cursing, like as with his garments, so let it come into his bowels like water, and like oil into his bones. Let it be unto him as the garment which covers him, and for a girdle wherewith he is girded continually. Let this be the reward of my adversaries from the Lord, and of them that speak evil against my soul. But do thou for me, O God the Lord, for thy name's sake, because your mercy is good. Deliver me, for I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. I am gone like the shadow when it declines. I am tossed up and down, as like the locust. My knees are weak through fasting, and my flesh fails of fatness. I became also a reproach unto them. When they looked upon me, they shook their heads. Help me, O Lord my God, O save me according to your mercy, that they may know that this is your hand, that you, Lord, have done it. Let them curse but bless. When they arise, let them be ashamed, but let your servant rejoice. Let my adversaries be clothed with shame, and let them cover themselves with their own confusion, as with a mantle. I will greatly praise the Lord with my mouth. Yes, I will praise him among the multitude, for he shall stand at the right hand of the poor to save him from those that condemn his soul. 
Proverbs 15, 5-7 A fool despises his father's instruction, but he that regards reproof is prudent. In the house of the righteous is much treasure, but in the revenues of the wicked is trouble. The lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the foolish does not so. I'd like to speak to you today from our New Testament portion from John chapter 7, and we're going to begin in verse 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Yeshua stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Let me give you a little bit of context. Which feast is this talking about? This is Sukkot, or the Feast of Tabernacles. And on the very last day of Sukkot, or the Feast of Tabernacles, there's a very special ceremony called the Water Pouring Ceremony. And two large shofars are tipped downward, and water is poured inside of one of the shofars into a basin to catch the water. And in the other shofar, grape juice is poured into that shofar. So it's called the water pouring ceremony. And so it's very significant that Yeshua is saying these words, if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He goes on to say in verse 38, he that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And so what Yeshua is revealing to them is that he is that living water and that when you come to him and drink of him, that from within your living belly, living waters will flow up like a fountain that has been loosed and released from within you. That in Yeshua, we have life. And water is essential for life. And Yeshua is that living water. So I just wanted to put that into context for you the meaning and the significance of his words that they came on the final great day of the feast, the eighth day, in the context of the water-pouring ceremony, so that the Jewish people, especially at that time, when they heard him say these words, they knew what he was talking about. They saw the connection between the water-pouring ceremony and the words that Yeshua had to say, that his words are life and they are truth. And I'm going to close early now, and please enjoy this beautiful song. Hear my cry, O Lord.
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.